Welcome to Tune In with Dr. Monica and Melissa, where we share a dose of wellness wisdom every week. As your hosts, Dr. Monica and I crossed paths long ago and connected because of our relentless curiosity to be better, do better, and feel better in this human experience. At home in Southern California, Dr. Monica built her foundation as a doctor of physical therapy and has continued to deepen and widen her wisdom to help us all elevate our health, expand our capacity, and optimize our longevity and performance. Back home in the Finger Lakes region where we first met, I am what I love to call a spiritual mompreneur, always putting faith and family first. As a coach, a yogi, a wellness counselor, I find that where I thrive is as your guide, leading you back to your own inner and ancient wisdom. This podcast was born from years of having amazing conversations we wished we could share with the world, and so now we are. Together, we hope that when you tune in with us, we can truly help you tune into you. Welcome to this week's episode of Tune In with Dr. Monica and Melissa. This week, we are here right on time for many of us moving into the biggest part of our holiday season to talk to you a little bit about busyness and presence and all of the things that matter so much to us, or so we say. But if we all take an inventory of our lives and we take a look around, there's this tendency to get caught up in the quote-unquote busyness of life. In previous episodes, we've talked before about, I know at least I have alluded to my own tendency in years past to kind of wear this badge of busyness that's so common to our culture. And this notion that we're sort of hustling for for our worthiness, I think Brene Brown talks a lot about that particular idea. Monica, I'd love to turn it over to you to talk a little bit about what this brings up for you, especially as we walk into this part of our season. Yeah, it's a big one for me. It's something that I've been thinking about moving within, contemplating and trying to shift and change for the past decade of my life. Actually, when I moved back to California for the second time in 2014, I purposely gave them part-time hours at this office that I was running for physical therapy. My intention there was because I needed a few months of life where I didn't feel in my own, in every cell of my body, like I was too busy. I wanted to be able to everything was walking distance for me. So I wanted to be able to walk to the grocery store and walk to the gym and walk to work and not rush. And I'll never forget it. When I moved there in the first month, I would be walking to the grocery store or walking to work and I would be in a rush. I would literally need to physically stop my body from moving and have a little gentle conversation with myself around the fact that I was very habitually rushing because that was my normal and I didn't need to be, I could walk slowly. When I was taking a yoga teacher training in Bali years before that, I met this artist at a cafe and he asked me if I wanted to go see some of his artwork, which was just simply next door. He owned the art gallery, but it was a couple minutes of a walk to leave the cafe and go to the place next door because he had these beautiful yogic paintings, like paintings of yoga positions, postures. And as we're walking, he said to me, can you walk slow? And I'm already thinking we are walking so slow. Are we ever going to get there? And then, and it was wild because he literally said, can we walk slow, please? 
or something like that. And I was stunned because I didn't know how it could be physically possible to walk any slower than the speed that we were walking. I was polite and didn't act stunned and just said, okay, and thought of it as a great little experiment to see actually if it was possible to walk any slower. And we did. His energy was just so incredibly present and nothing was moving fast. His world just moved slowly. And that moment stuck with me. I don't remember the artwork. I don't remember the rest of the conversation. It was that moment of him asking if we could walk slow. And it stuck with me for obviously a decade, more than a decade. And so then I fast forward to living in Benicia in the Bay Area again and trying to train myself to walk slow. And I did, you know, it worked. But I also think that part of my integral personality pattern is I am drawn toward busyness because I have for a part of my life put an emphasis of self-worth or value around how many things can I get done so that I'm getting all the things done. It's so silly to say out loud, I want to laugh at myself as I hear myself explain that publicly, but it was real. It is real for me. And moving into 2024, it's again, one of the big things that I'm working on. And every year that I work on it, pieces of myself absolutely shift. So this year, 2024 is not necessarily don't rush, but how can I continue to keep all of these separate moving parts that I have going on that are incredibly inspiring? I have a lot of fun, really exciting projects happening in 2024 and big collaborations. And I could go in being like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do there. How am I going to have time to see my friends and have relationship and travel a little bit and see my family and still get all this stuff done. But no, that's not the conversation that I'm having with myself. It's how can I stay present and inspired in each and every moment to not embody the energy of being busy? Because there are a lot of highly productive people out there. Erica Policelli, the co-founder of Synergy, she does it. She has a way where that woman can get so much stuff done. And when I call her on the phone, she's reading on her couch at night after a busy day. And I just tend to not give myself that permission to wind down a lot. And so this year, I know I'm kind of going on a ramble here, but this year I did have an experience with back pain and I learned that I really needed to give myself this time at the end of the night or at the end of the day to have two hours to wind down, to stretch my body, to lay on the floor, to turn the lights down, to consciously relax my nervous system so that I didn't go to bed with my muscles at still and like their daytime level of tension and action. And it works. And I talk about how it works all the time. And I do it when I make the time to do it until I got uncomfortable enough that I had to change my actual routine. And there was the sil- one of the silver linings. There was, there has been many, but I think that at least a lot of people that I know, and I think you as well, Melissa, can relate to this culture of busyness that we've grown ourselves into in the United States and North America mostly. Absolutely. And as we move into this coming weekend, Christmas weekend, I've noticed that over the years for any holidays, I could feel the tension sort of build in my body. 
right? And there was just sort of like this anxiety and nervousness. And, and, I, and I finally identified after years that it came from all of the rushing. It came from having to do so many things. And I drew a line in the sand for myself this past couple of years, especially with my son, as I was noticing him starting to have that same tension and anxiety, because it builds this expectation that, okay, it's going to be this period of time that we're rushing around and everything's chaotic and whatever. It's how we pattern our nervous systems around it. So if your nervous system has the memory of consistently going into these spaces where we're present and calm, then you will continue to repeat that pattern. That's the efficiency piece that comes from that. But if we continuously stay on that track of wearing that badge of busyness and rushing around and how many people can I see and how many things can I do, it's it. It's a really powerful transition. And the thing that I think about a lot, we touched a little bit on the idea of the, the worth piece. We tie our worth to our level of productivity quite often. And so there's kind of like a divorce that needs to happen there. But as I was picturing you, when you got back to California, continuing to rush along to the grocery store and to work and all of the things. One of the questions that always comes to mind for me is what are we rushing from? Because it doesn't feel like we're rushing to something. It feels like a rushing from something. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. I've thought about it a lot. And I think that there's a lot of layers to unpack around this busyness that goes on in our minds and in our bodies. And if we if I reflect back to that time for me in the Bay Area in California, at that time, I honestly don't think that I was rushing from anything. I think that I had created this habitual pattern in my nervous system that I was just always rushing. I was just always moving quickly because prior to that, my schedule, my life was completely scheduled from one thing to the next to the next. And there was no time in between to just be by myself doing nothing. There was very little time to do nothing. So maybe though, as I say that, maybe I was rushing away or moving away from spending that time by myself. I'd have to ponder that one a little bit more. I do think that the the thread of truth there is that I was just habitually in a rushed state in my nervous system. However, in the past few years, I've looked at it from that angle of what am I rushing from? And I think there's a really common thing that happens when we wear the busy label and it doesn't feel great to wear that busy label. I think what happens is that we are filling our lives with busy, the tasks, the things, the got to go to the grocery store, got to get all this stuff done on my to-do list. And the really easy things to do that are just check boxes, those end up happening first because it's just, you get to check those boxes off fast. And so what doesn't happen is the deep work, the, the integrations at a cellular level that make a huge difference. So there actually is a book called Deep Work that is very impressive. The wording in it really inspires you to take time early in the day to do the deep work. The things that you really can't have interruptions for, otherwise it doesn't get done. So whatever your business is, whatever 
the deep work for you might be, which may be sitting with yourself for a little while and not letting the world interrupt you to downregulate your nervous system or prepare you for something important or just because it's outside of your comfort zone to be by yourself. But I do think that to go back to your, your original question about what are we rushing from, sometimes we're rushing from not doing the hard stuff. And so we busy ourselves with doing stuff, just stuff all the time. And it keeps us in a state of not enough because we're not getting those deeper things done ever. There's always something else to do and you never feel like you've accomplished enough because you didn't do that thing that really takes up a lot of space that's difficult to do. So if we could prioritize that and do that first, the rest of the stuff is easy. And the rest of the stuff, sometimes you can blow that stuff off and have space and just be or have the spontaneous dinner with friends or go for a walk. And I also feel back to what you said about Christmas time and feeling, feeling the busyness, feeling the rush that, that everybody has, right? We are all connected. So if you live in a place, or if I live in a place like Southern California, where everybody is trying to be highly productive and rushing around all the time, we energetically feel that. And that becomes a state of normal also. And to give a, a special example, one of my dear friends, and for all the New Yorkers listening to this, Sarah Mantel, who's an acupuncturist, and a phenomenal one, she has one of the calmest energies of any person I've ever been around. And when I, I see her just a couple times a year when I come home and I will give her a hug and my entire nervous system calms down because she just runs with this steady, calm, soft energy. And she doesn't not get things done. She runs her own business. She has two children. She has a husband. They own a couple houses. She is a doer. But her energy is not this frantic, busy, busy, busy all the time. She's present and she does the things. And her baseline is this gentle, soft, steady, not rushed energy. So one practice that we could all do is surround ourselves with people or make it a point to be around people more often that have that softness and more of a slow, steady field around them and within them. And we can train ourselves by watching those people and being around those people to see, you know, this doesn't mean I'm lazy or can't get anything done. It's just literally the energy of your nervous system. And that's what I would like to take into next year for myself is getting stuff done without that buzz of busyness. Yeah, I do love that so much. I also know Sarah, her energy is amazing. I love being around her. Jack is friends with one of her children. They go to school together. And one of the things that I think about as I think about Sarah and I think about you and heading into 2024 is... We are creating our lives according to the most dominant beliefs that we have. And so if there's an either or in there, like either I'm busy or I'm lazy, then, then that will be true, right? You're either going to be very busy and potentially burnt out at some point, right? There's that lower back pain, boom, right? Or you're going to be lazy, and you're going to be on the couch and you're going to do nothing and nothing's going to get done. But when you allow your predominant beliefs to evolve, to include the idea that you're going to be living in that present 
and more still energy and still able to create these beautiful projects in your world, somehow it's going to happen. Then magic starts to happen. The universe starts to conspire. People start to step in so that things can get delegated, but also our subconscious takes over. And in those moments when there's so much stillness and presence, the subconscious is still going to work on all of those other things. So that when you come back to that project, without having spent frantic, busy energy with it, something just unfolds, right? The ideas come, the plans are made, the creativity is there. I think that that's a really powerful part of this that we have to remember. And we could potentially dive in, you know, seven different ways <laughs> for future uh, podcast episodes about how to do that. But I think that's the thing to, to think about is, okay, as I head into this busy season, as we conclude the year and next episode, we'll be talking a lot about reflecting on this year and how we carry things forward and what we carry forward. Then we have this really beautiful opportunity to decide what predominant beliefs am I allowing to be the foundation for all of that. I've made a very conscious decision over recent years that the slower, the better, and it will all get done and it will all be amazing. Training myself to follow through with that is also part of that deep work that you're talking about. So that when I go back to those deeply ingrained patterns, because they've been with me for so many years, then I can start to find the moments of conscious choice before I dive into the pattern and go, oh, no, okay, let's close that door. When I hear my son start to get a little anxious or riled up because we're getting ready to pack up the car and go to this family member's house or whatever we're doing, then I can call my energy back and say, wait a second, we're doing this differently. How do I want to show up right now? So as you're listening to this, one of the things I would encourage is really reflect on this idea of, it sounds so cliche, but it, the presence over presence in this holiday season, the greatest present that we give one another, using Sarah as an example, is our presence, right? Showing up fully for the people that we love, for our community, for our families, that is really what um, I love to focus on this time of year. And Monica, I would be curious whether you have an exercise that you'd like to share for us on this particular topic. Always. So this is something I can just, I can feel people listening to the podcast right, right now being like, oh, how do I do this? I'm stuck in this busy mindset. And how, how do I shift out of that? I don't know what to do. How do I make this change? Going back to one of my foundational philosophies, if we create an internal Internal environment that is primed to reflect our external environment, that is how deep change is made. So I'll teach this at a on a much deeper level at our cultivating capacity workshop on January 20th and the Finger Lakes. But there's a little technique that can be done every single morning, and it just takes two or three minutes to do it. Don't do this if you're driving, but if you're not driving, just close your eyes for a moment and place one hand on your heart and two fingertips on your third eye center on your forehead. You're gonna keep your eyes closed and just tune into your breath for a moment and notice if you can sense which part of you, your brain, your mind, your head, or your heart is more present right now. And if you really get quiet, you can start to sense which one is more present which one is more active. 
And if you do this first thing in the morning, you can regulate yourself here for the rest of the day. Now, whichever one is more active or present, I want you to remove your hands and equalize them. So if there was a lot of extra presence and energy in your head, you're gonna move some of that, that down to your heart and just start to tune into your heart a little bit more. And if there's a lot of extra energy in your heart, you're gonna move some of that up to your mind, up to your head, so that they are equalized and you can sense it. Right now, as I'm talking, I feel like there's a little bit more in my head. So I'm even gonna put my hand on my heart to just bring some activity down there. And whoop, there it is. So I now I'm sensing they're both about the same. This could take a little bit of practice if you're not super sensitive or don't do these kind of practices a lot, but literally four days of practice and you'll have this down. And then just take five deep breaths into both your head and your heart. And you're keeping them equal. And after those five deep breaths are done, make a moment of gratitude, say thank you to your your body, your heart, your soul, universe, whatever makes sense for you to say thank you to any inspiration, divine God, whatever you're called towards. And then open your eyes and release and you're done. And you're setting up your internal environment so that you can move into the day from a space of both your head and your heart, not only having equal presence, but being very connected to each other. And the day, pay attention, the day might change for you. Most likely, most likely will change. I've been doing this every morning for a few months since I learned this technique, actually, maybe like eight months now. And it's been incredibly useful to do each morning. So I will leave you with that. Beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Monica. And for everybody listening, hopefully you can take that practice and begin to find that beautiful bridge between the head and the heart. Slow yourselves down, move into this holiday season with more presence. And hopefully you'll tune back in with us next time to talk about reflecting on 2023 and what we plan to carry forward into the new year. Thanks for tuning in. 